Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the LMU Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Cass, and you're listening here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? And welcome into the show, everybody. Jesse Casser with you once again here in the LMU Basketball Podcast. And very happy to have you here after a couple of weeks off. I've uh, been able to gather our thoughts in the offseason and get back here with you on the Believe Podcast Network. And this week, a great guest on the show, Joey Toynton, who has worn many different hats with LMU. He was originally a student manager, also worked as and played as a walk-on and a practice player for LMU Basketball, and then as a graduate assistant coach for women's basketball. Uh, he's been all over the map for LMU, and he's a really good guy, someone I've had a chance to work with closely uh, on some other projects with. with. So he's a, a great person, and we're really happy to have him on the podcast and happy to have you back here on the LMU podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. And we're not going to waste any time, so here it is, my conversation with Joey Toynton here on the LMU Basketball Podcast. Now joined on the LMU podcast by my guest and my good friend Joey Toynton. Joey, thanks for for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Jesse. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, it's a, it's really cool to have you on here. Uh, we know each other uh, through your time at LMU, and now obviously past that now. But uh, first of all, how'd you get a? What brought you to LMU in the first place? So what brought me to LMU was actually a an AAU tournament that I played in probably my sophomore or junior year of high school. We came out to Los Angeles, and um, the host university was actually LMU, so that was the first time I was on campus and the first time I had ever actually been to Los Angeles, so that's how I, I got familiar with the school, and then when it came time to apply to colleges and actually start making decisions and stuff, that was one that, that definitely stood out, and I obviously ended up going there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and I know we and some of the other people we've talked to on this podcast have had similar experience when we talked to Anthony Ireland. He said he hadn't really heard of LMU until he came for an AAU tournament. Had you heard of it at all before you were in that tournament? You know, I hadn't because, uh, yeah, I grew up in Denver, Colorado, so I was more familiar with that part of the country and, you know, schools in Colorado and stuff like that. But I hadn't ever really been to California, so... That was really my first exposure out here and seeing, you know, how many schools are out here. That that was one thing that really amazed me is, you know, it's it's incredible how many schools there are in just Southern California alone. Yeah, no question. And and you mentioned you, you came from Denver, you know, that you were playing an AAU, AAU ball. I know we were talking a few weeks ago, um, you know, you played with Derek White, who plays with the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, what was your time like playing in Colorado and then leading you up to, to your time over at LMU? Yeah, so I actually didn't play with him, but played against, played against him a lot growing up. Yeah, so he's he's a familiar face that I used to see a lot. But, you know, it's been really cool seeing the success he's had coming from a place like Colorado because, you know, we don't have too many guys who've made it to the NBA. You know, there's a handful like Chauncey Billups, of course, Reggie Jackson, now Derek White's one that stands out, and at, as well as a few others. But it's been cool seeing you know him ha- 
the success he's had coming from a start at a Division two program, which is really, you know, an uphill battle and one that most guys who, who go that route don't make it to the NBA, so that's been really cool to see. Yeah, and, and you, you know, obviously have plenty of skill yourself. You ended up being a walk-on at LMU and, and going through a lot of different roles, which we'll discuss, but what was the what was it like being a walk-on, and what was the process to to get that role and try out and, and get it on the team? Oh, I mean, it was it was really cool because it was it was something I always just wanted to prove to myself that I could play basketball at a high level. And um, I actually was more of a practice player than a walk-on for yeah. Coach Good as a sophomore. And, and that was a really cool experience because my freshman year I wanted to try out and I actually showed up to the tryout and they told me I couldn't participate because I didn't have this... Uh, compliance paperwork filled out and I just didn't know about that so I was pretty disappointed and you know the coaches talked to me after and they said that if I wanted to be a student manager that was a way to stay involved with the team and and you know help get my foot in the door for the next year so that's the route I went for freshman year and that was a really good experience and then sophomore year rolled around and I actually tried out and uh they they called me one day and said, "Hey, could could you show up to practice today?" And it was it was really cool. It was a fun experience, especially because you know getting to practice with guys like Anthony Ireland and you know pros pros like that. That was pretty fun. Yeah, and what was that that moment of the call like? So you mentioned you spent the year as manager, and we've had multiple team managers, including uh, you know Quan, who you know on this show. But from going to that and and kind of getting the chance to, to play a little bit. Yeah, you know, and now thinking on it, it was kind of a weird scenario because I wanted to try out again sophomore year, and they told us that the roster was full, that they had too many people, and they weren't going to have a walk-on tryout. So I was like, oh, shoot, you know, well, yeah. there goes that. But then I think a couple weeks into the season, a few guys went down with injuries, and they needed some bodies for practice. So... Um, Alex Schilter, the Dobo at the time, he texted me or called me and said, hey, you know, would you be available for a, a little tryout in the next couple days? And I said, yeah, and um, went to that. And then, um, yeah, then one day they, they just let me start practicing with them. And it was really cool because some of the guys like Nick Stover and, you know, people like that I had worked out with my freshman year when I was a manager. So... You know, some people were behind me, and when I actually got that moment of being able to put on a jersey and practice with the guys, you know, all the guys got pretty excited for me, and that was pretty fun, but, yeah. Yeah, and, and what was it like going up against some of those guys? And you mentioned Stover, obviously Anthony Ireland, who was one of the, the best players at LMU history, really, and, and just going up against those guys and being able to, to hold your own. Yeah, I mean... It was really cool just seeing the way Anthony Ireland carried himself because, I mean, I, I, I said his name earlier, but he's, he's just one that stands out to me because you could tell he was a pro and that something was kind of different about him because his approach every day was just so serious and, you know, the effort he left on the court was just always his best and you know, he had a very high standard for himself, and you could tell that he would get frustrated, you know, when he'd make mistakes. He would get frustrated with teammates who weren't giving full effort, and, you know, he was just that great leader that that every team needs, and it was, it was fun to see him do his thing, and, 
you know, now it's it's really cool seeing where he is and the success he's had. It shows, it shows, you know, why, you know, how all that stuff, all those good characteristics, characteristics could pay off and, you know, lead to great success in life. Yeah, I mean, Anthony, uh, you know, such a great guy and a hard worker, as you said. Uh, what was your relationship like with, with the coaches? Because obviously you started that as a manager, so you're on that side of things. Then to also kind of transition into playing, uh, did it differ at all from year to year? Or what was it like for you? Yeah, so it was it was pretty cool. I wasn't too close with the coaches my freshman year because they had a lot of other managers and people they had some closer relationships with. So I, I was kind of just working my way in freshman year, but I remember coach good having a couple conversations with me my sophomore year when I was a practice player and he would say things like you know I expect the same out of you as I do the scholarship guys like you know you can't be missing layups you've got to you know give full effort you got to know the plays you know things just basic things but it made me feel good because he he made the effort to reach out to me and make me feel a part of the group even though I wasn't you know getting to travel with the team or getting to suit up for games and stuff like that. He, those words just, you know, kept me positive and made me feel like I was a part of the group, which was pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, it's great. Coach reached out to you. Uh, did you, what are some of the funnier things you remember that I guess are safe to say for the podcast? Oh, we, we've heard uh, multiple yeah. people talk about, and I know about just Max being such a, a great storyteller and have all these catchphrases and funny things to say. Is there anything you remember that sticks out? Yeah, you know, um, one saying that really stuck with me from Coach Good was like, it was along the lines of like, you get in, what you put into life is what you'll get out. And that's, that's one that I try to live by every day. Cause you know, it's, it's just a great saying and I've seen it come to life in my own life. So I want to keep moving forward living my life that way because I believe you know the more you do and the more you try to help others and the more you try to work hard it's eventually going to come back to you in some form so that's that's probably the biggest lesson I got from coach good and I really appreciated the the amount of time I spent with him he was he was an awesome guy yeah now coach good is a a great guy and a basketball lifer for sure <laughs> Uh, you know, just now kind of finally taking a little break from basketball or at least from long from full-time coaching. But for you, uh, we mentioned that you've kind of worn many different hats. We mentioned the, the manager role, the playing role. Uh, after, your, after being a student at LMU, you transitioned to being a GA and getting into the coaching world. Uh, what was that like for you? So, yeah, after I graduated, I... I kind of knew that I wanted to go down the path of trying to work in basketball and I didn't know exactly which route I wanted to go but one opportunity that got presented was the GA role with the women's team and a friend of mine who had that role before mentioned that the position was open so I went and applied and you know it was a really great experience for me because it gave me more of an in-depth look on the ins and outs of college basketball and just, you know, what it takes to put a team on the floor and recruit and, you know, do all the things that, that they do to to try to win games. And I'll, actually, I got kind of a, a little bit of a bigger role than just the GA because I did our video as well. So I was yeah. technically like our video coordinator also, and that was pretty awesome because... 
I hadn't worked with video or anything like that before, so it was, you know, a new skill I had to learn, a new challenge, and now I feel like I actually have a skill set in that area that I could maybe, you know, go on to get another job as a video coordinator or something like that, so that's, that's something I'm really thankful for from that opportunity. And coaching, I think from, you know, from the outside perspective, people know that they work hard, but I don't think, as you said, people know how much goes into coaching and how much of a a grind it is with watching film, breaking down the film, practicing, uh, traveling, everything that goes in. It's it's really kind of almost you know twenty four hours a day. You're always always thinking about something as a coach. Yeah, people don't really realize that because um, they might think you know it's just X's and O's and getting getting your team ready for games. But yeah, the recruiting piece, having to travel pretty much year round to go look at players that are you know, all over the country, all over the world. So, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty intense alone right there. But, you know, also just the administrative side, trying to get, you know, kids into school with all the paperwork and all that stuff. There's really a lot that goes into it. And even, yeah, like you said, the video, hours of watching film, hours of studying the game, there's, you know, so many facets to being a college basketball coach that the average person doesn't realize, but it's a very rewarding profession, and I think that's why, you know, so many, so many people love it and try to, try to pursue that. Yeah, and we, and we talked about, obviously, your relationship with Max Good. Uh, what was it like working with Charity Elliott and her staff? And, and you mentioned you didn't get to travel with the men's team. You did with the women's team. What was the travel like as well? Yeah, so... It, it was great working for Charity, you know, she's a really good person and I learned a lot from her as well and the travel side, it, it like I said about multiple facets of being a coach, that kind of opened my eyes up to, you know, some other things, especially being a GA, having to deal with some of the logistics like team meals and, you know, helping book travel and things like that. You really see how, you know, big of a process it can be to get a group of, you know, 25 people to travel and eat together and yeah. stay, you know, on the same page and show up to practice on time and make sure everyone gets on the bus and, you know, all that stuff was was pretty cool, but, you know, you, you see all that when you go on the road because it's kind of a whole different animal when you're on the road with, you know, a group of 20, 24, 25 people and, you know, you're... You're just trying to do your best to get everyone to stay together and get a win, and you know it's it's pretty fun. Yeah, did your mindset change at all from being from the playing side to coaching side and how you viewed the game? Yeah, you know, um, somewhat for sure because you know when you're playing, you just I guess you're you're kind of focused on yourself and your performance, taking care of your body, you know, getting sleep, eating, working out, you know, having relationships with your teammates and coaches. But then when you go into the coaching side, you start to see and think about a lot of other things that you maybe didn't before. And um, you see the importance of, you know, just doing little things like, uh, I don't know, like, you know, keeping the locker room clean yeah. and, and just little things that the players kind of don't even think about, you you try to stay on top of so that they don't have to worry about it or it doesn't cross their mind. You want to, you know, try to put out fires so that 
the players and coaches are just focused on the task at hand, which is yeah. winning games or performing in practice and, you know, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you've kept a, a strong connection with, you know, former players and just the LNU network in general. Uh, you're currently working over uh, at Shoot360, which was developed by John Peterson Jr., former LNU assistant coach. Uh, what's your relationship like with JP? And, and tell us a little bit about uh, Shoot360. Yeah, so... Um, JP's a great guy. Like you said, he used to be a coach at Loyola Marymount. And, um, yeah, I just stayed in touch with him. And after I got done with the GA thing, I, I kind of had, had an urge to go, go in a little different direction and try something new in basketball. And I was really attracted to his facility and what they do there. So I, I sent him an email and reached out to see if, you know, he'd give me opportunity and and he did, which I'm very thankful for because I I really like working at that facility. It's a state of the art facility. Um, if anyone wants to check it out, shoot three sixty underscore la on Instagram, and you could see you know the photos of of what they do there. It's really awesome. They've got tons of technology and and TV screens and you know interactive stuff for people so that they can do passing games you know, sh shooting machines that keep track of your arc and shot depth and, you know, all this really crazy analytical stuff that no one's ever seen before in basketball. So it's really, you know, the future of basketball and a state-of-the-art thing. It's it's really cool. Yeah, that is, that's very cool and something that uh, I'm sure will be more and more in demand, as you said, They're just kind of getting on the, the cutting edge of the analytical stuff is going to be important going mm -hmm. forward. Uh, for you, we also, you mentioned the Shoot360 Instagram. I know you've been a part of that with some photography and video, which you mentioned you got your start in with the, the GA role. We also worked together on a show, Three Man Weave, who uh, airs on, on BronxNet uh, in New York and streams online as well. But um, tell the people a little bit about both of those things, about Three Man Weave and some of your other video work. Yeah, so the, the video thing I kind of got into during my GA role, like you said. And, yeah. And Three Man Weave is a project that, um, you know, you obviously started, and I, I came on a little bit later to help do the filming, and it's been, you know, a great a great learning experience and project for me because, um, yeah, that's, that's an area I think I, I would enjoy going into as well, and, you know, photography and videography so far has been kind of a... A side job for me the last last year or so yeah. and and a hobby and something that I've I've really enjoyed and want to keep keep pushing forward and to see how far how far I could take it but yeah also um, the Instagram thing for shoot 360 I guess that's that's another new challenge because I I uh, I bought a camera about a year and a half ago and started taking photos in my spare time and then finally you know I got a little more serious about it and when I, I started working at Shoot Three Sixty I talked to JP about that and he said that they would need someone to do the social media so I've started taking photos for their social media and helping run the Instagram page and stuff like that which has been great experience and. You know, it's been a lot of fun as well, but yeah, that's that's pretty much. It. <laughs> yeah, and, and through your through your photography and video work, both of it, I know you've had the chance to to you know interact with trainers and players, some of the guys you already knew from LMU. Uh, but what what has it been like from that side to just see 
guys go through those individual workouts. We know in this day and age, a lot of that can be for show a lot, but a lot of it obviously is players actually putting in hard work. What have you seen from that side of yeah, life? Yeah, you know, it's been, you're right, that has been a good experience because I've been lucky enough to be around a few different trainers and coaches and see how they run their workouts and, you know, be around different players and see how they approach their workouts. Like some guys, you know, obviously work harder than others. Some guys approach is much more serious than others. Some guys, you know, go game speed every rep. Some guys are a little more slow paced and, you know, there's reasons for that. Maybe some guys are a lot more talented and other guys, you know, kind of have to work harder to keep up with the talent. So, yeah, but it's been overall, it's been yeah, a great experience just seeing, you know, what, what everybody does and, you can kind of take bits and pieces and see why they're so great and, you know, this drill or, you know, that characteristic or this thing about this person is what really makes them a special individual. And that's been the coolest part about it for me. And just, you know, meeting people, interacting with people, you know, seeing their perspectives on the game and life and stuff, That's that's been probably the most fun part for me. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. And, uh, how close have you stayed to, to watching the current editions of the LMU team and obviously this past season? What did you think of, of the team this year and, you know, 22 wins, uh, third best in program history for, for you know, a team that doubled their win total to get to that? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely try to follow LMU. Um, this year it was, it was pretty awesome seeing, you know, that win total you just mentioned and stuff and they've got some good, talented young guys and, you know, I'm, I'm excited. Each year it seems to be getting a little bit better. And, you know, LMU's had some great success as a school and as a program in the past. So, you know, it's only only a matter of time before we're back there. And, you know, I'm I'm excited. I was a part of LMU basketball for, for a little a short amount of time. And I'm definitely always going to, you know, follow the program and root for the program. And it's going to be exciting to see see where it goes yeah what do you think of the of next year's team you know there, there's always that unknown when you bring in a bunch of new recruits to see how they're going to fit in and how they're going to play and you lose a great player like James Bateman and, and of course Jeffrey McClendon and Peter Herman as well uh, but what do you think they do have still a good chunk of that core together uh, and fitting in those new guys uh, what do you see for them next year yeah you know what Whenever, whenever you get a lot of new guys, I'm sure it's a challenge, and most most coaches feel that way. But at this point, I think you know their their culture is established. You know the coaches have been there for a while. Um, you know guys like Peter and Jeff, who you mentioned, they were there for all four years, four plus years for Peter because of red shirts and stuff like that. So you know the young guys have seen guys who have been through the program and they know what's expected and stuff like that so those are those are big things that i think will help drive the program forward just having that culture established and stuff like that yeah absolutely and and for you as you mentioned just like in the LMU role now we've kind of discussed it we got a lot of different things going on so anything that you want the people out there to know, uh, you know, your Instagram or some of the stuff to follow where they can they can follow you. Yeah, so um, my Instagram is JRT underscore sports photography, and that's where I post a lot of the stuff I've been doing on the side for, you know, trainers and coaches and 
That's where I post some of our stuff that Jesse and I do for Three Man Weave, so you can check that out there. Um, and that show it airs once a month, the first Thursday of the month, so look out for that and please tune in. It's it's a great show. It talks about you know the NBA and current current stuff going on and free agency, the playoffs, the finals, so all all good stuff, you know. So that's pretty much what I've got going. And yeah, shoot three sixty. If you could check out shoot three sixty underscore LA on on social media and give give the facility a follow, that would be much appreciated as well. Yeah, and and you just kind of jogged my mind now that you mentioned it. Uh, and we are recording this on a Thursday morning. We know some people might be listening later, but NBA Finals, Game 6 tonight. You got any predictions about oh, what's going to happen? That's tough. <laughs> I mean, considering what just happened with KD going down and it's at home in Oakland, I feel like you know, the Warriors might be really fired up to give themselves the opportunity in Game 7. So, you know, it's it's tough for me to bet against them, although I ha- I kind of have a feeling that the Raptors are going to win the series. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'd really like to see Kawhi win. I'm, I'm a big fan of Kawhi, but... I can't, I can't bet against the Warriors tonight, that's for sure. Yeah, they, they haven't quite been the same team at home, but as you said, it's kind of that feeling that they have that extra opportunity now after kind of stealing one and surviving that Kawhi domination at the end of Game 5. So I kind of have the same feeling. I think we might be going 7. Yeah. Uh, of course, we can listen to this tomorrow and be wrong. But, <laughs> uh, but either way, it should, be a, it should be great basketball to finish out the, the NBA season. Absolutely. All right, well, Joey, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, as, as Joey said, you can check us out uh, on Three Man Weave as well, the first Thursday of every month on Bronx Net. But Joey, this has been a, it's been a lot of fun. We'll definitely do it again sometime soon. Thanks, Jesse. Appreciate that. And a big thanks to Joey Toynton once again for being our guest here on the LMU Basketball Podcast. And thank you once again for tuning in. Now, if you enjoy the show, uh, please rate, review, and subscribe. Five-star ratings always appreciated. And those ratings and reviews that we've already gotten have been wonderful, and any rating and review helps us continue to grow the show, which we're going to keep doing here on the Bleed Podcast Network. Know that we're available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart, and you can also find us at Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, and at Believe Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Jesse underscore Cass, and while you're over at Believe.com, take a look at some of the other great shows, so many shows, and so many new shows being added to the network uh, that we think you really enjoy, and as you heard at the end of my conversation with Joey, uh, of course, the NBA Finals in full swing, so be sure to check out the Charity Stripe podcast, some of the other NBA betting podcasts that can get you ready for the NBA Finals, Game 6, and potentially Game 7 coming up in the next couple of days, so be sure to tune into that, Uh, but thanks once again for tuning in, big thanks to Joey Toynton once again as well. And this is Jesse Cass signing off. And if you're listening here on the Believe Podcast Network, it's LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place to show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Lions.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.